last season on Poldark, we met the entire crew and left things at a bit of a cliffhanger. After uh, the Warligan ship washed up on Ross's property, Ross allowed for all the miners and the, the people struggling to sort of ravage the shipwreck. And what happened was the Warligans got mad and, and arrested Ross. And the season ended with a cliffhanger. What's going to happen? Where are things going to go? Let's find out this week as we kick off season two of Poldark on the Lords of Grantham podcast. It was only a couple weeks, but we're back to the Poldark train. I mean, the train was moving so fast, we really could never leave it, you know? We could only take a, make a pit yeah. stop, but we are we are back, <laughs> rolling along on Poldark Season 2. If you saw that we posted a, a, an episode last week on Diana the Musical, rest assured, you can listen to that guilt-free of having to watch Diana the Musical. You can just hear us, give us, uh, give you our thoughts on that. And uh, you don't have to watch that. That's just us gossiping about what that whole thing is. Yeah, complaining. I don't know about complaining. But just, you were on the. F- uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure we. I think with reason. Well, with how good else reason. would you say negatively disgusting? Yeah, negative, negatively disgusting. Something that's not good. <laughs> people want to hear more of that. Some people would. <laughs> it's there for you. Yeah, uh, I think before we even get into the show, mm-hmm. uh, we we have a we've talked about this in the past, but this weekend is the. Vicky Soto 5K, which the Lords of Grantham have a team for. Yeah. And it's on our Twitter. It's all over our socials. So if you join our team, you get into our Patreon Facebook group for free, which is super cool. It's a great group. We just had somebody reemerge, our good friend Chris, from saying he wasn't the biggest fan of Bridgerton and uh, the Crown, but he got hooked on Poldark and he's happy to be home. So we're happy to have him and we'd be happy to have you if you want to help raise money for a good cause, burn some calories, and support you know and i know we do we cool. have uh listeners from all over that are uh actually participating in it I, I emailed the race director and he said that uh for the virtual race that they'll be sending uh emailing a link over to follow to into your time uh around this weekend so there you have that yeah i got i know it's too late now for new sign signers uppers but i got my t-shirt in the mail so i'll probably be running it probably too late to receive, so. receive a shirt if you want to well too late to receive a shirt for free, but it's all for charity. So if you want to get in on it, I think it's like 15 bucks for a shirt. So they'll have it sent to sure. you if that's what you want. So any news in the front of our TV shows, um, The Crown, Downton? Just that Hugh Bonneville will, will be narrating a, a new one-hour film called New Forest, The Crown's Ancient Hunting Ground. Uh, the synopsis reads, As a child, Down Abbey star Hugh Bonneville would wonder at the majesty and magnificence of the wild ponies galloping across the the heath in the stunning landscape of New Forest National Park. Bonneville guides viewers through a year in the life of the forest. So. Well, if it has some personal connection to Hugh, I think we gotta gotta give it a shot. Yeah, he says it's a... Hugh Bonneville said it's an ancient landscape and a contemporary haven for Britain's wildlife. The New Forest is one of the nation's jewels. It is a unique and precious environment, brilliantly captured in this enthralling and thought-provoking film. He's a huge nature lover, Hugh, apparently. Um... Yeah, he recently shared a picture on his Instagram of of him bird watching. You know, that that's just oh, he's a birder. Yeah, interesting. Hugh is a, is a man of the wild. Uh, so, 
And he volunteered at a, a COVID testing center. He was a good dude. I like Hugh. He was one of. He's just one of the genuine folks out there. But if we say that, only knowing surface level things, I I don't have he any seems, doubts. He if seems we were great. to meet Hugh Bonneville, he would. I feel like most of the Dallas we cast would be hospitable to meet, uh, meeting us. I mean, like who who would be the one person you think that would be like, no, I don't want to have anything to do with these fans of the show. Um, if they knew the context and how many hours we dedicated into oh, well, actually covering their product, I feel like uh, Julian Fellows would probably be like, nah, nah. I, 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 I could see Brendan um, b- being a little... I would hope not. I would hope not. Yeah, Mr. Bates. I could see him. We would need to hide our, our fandom, but if, we're, if we saw him at a pub, we're like, hey, are you in that show? He'd be like, you bastards. Oh, Have a seat. Yeah, I mean, if I, I feel like if we uh, were to go up to, to Mr. Bates uh, in public... Uh, I'm pretty sure that Brendan Coyle would probably grab us by the throat and put us against the wall and say, leave him alone. I, I, I don't doubt that would happen. I know who would be super nice to us if we met him. Uh, uh, I have no idea. Where is he? How come I forget his name? Francis from Bridgeport. <laughs> oh, on, on Poldark? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure, I, I I bet he would be friendly too. Kyle Soller. Kyle Soller from who plays Francis on Poldark would be super happy to see us, and that's a good transition, Dave, to season two, episode one of Poldark. Um, again, it, it starts this show starts the season with a dramatic sweeping camera shot of the cliff. Not as much of the cliff in this episode as we usually see, uh, you know, by the water. A couple of big shots but, though. A couple yeah, emphatic. They, they shots. blow their load absolutely on, on showing us all that we can see there. Um, Dave, first reactions to seeing Paul uh, Ross in this, in this uh, season. D- does he look different to you? Hair looks a little. Looks different. like he's got a Jerry curl going on a little bit. Yeah, and this is supposed to be hours removed from the last season. Yeah, he looks like he's been putting some spray in his hair and getting, getting a little bit poofed. You know, a little curlier. Yeah, maybe he spent he spent he spent enough time on the shore that the salt and the minerals washing his hair. Yeah, yeah, he washed it, or he did just wash it, and it's the way. He, it, and maybe I'm being too judgmental. He looks a little more bloated in the face, just slightly, a little bit. We've been he's been drinking a bit for these past. That's why I like to think, but it's, it's all, I mean, just thinking in the real world too. You know, we see him shirtless in this episode. Spoiler alert: jumping ahead, but we see him shirtless. I think he's just been putting in more time at the gym and getting bulked up a little bit. Like he he's cut. He's getting swollen. Yeah, he's definitely a little <laughs> bit swollen. You definitely see it in his face there. Uh, he's he's been hammering around. Um, anyways, that that's that's where Ross is physically right now. Uh, what else is going on with his character and everything? He got a trial coming up. <laughs> Things are going south real quick for Ross here. Uh, yeah, this is kind of a kind of a one shot episode, right? So to speak, kind of a, lo- a lot of it. I mean, Demel's is pretty upset. Uh, you know, she's like, this entire thing is nonsense, and. Uh, Mm-hmm. You know, people want to help Ross. You know, uh, Francis wants to help him. He, you know, he's, he's afraid that the, he's going to be... Elizabeth wants to help him? Yeah. He's afraid Francis is going to be... Wa- or that Ross is going to be walking into a noose or whatever that contraption is that's coming from uh, France. The, the guillotine. Oh. <laughs> uh, who says that? Who has the guillotine toy? I didn't write it down, but I did notice it in the episode. Yeah. The line about the, the thing from France. Yep. Uh, and uh, Elizabeth even suggests that George is uh, behind the allegations. You know, who else would have this kind of like axe to grind on on Ross? 
Mm-hmm. And Francis, for a moment, is a little bit dubious of it. You know, he's like, ah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Francis is a. Uh, maybe Francis doesn't remember getting hammered and, and fessing up to all the Carmore copper people to. To our our pal George. Mm-hmm. We we do get a moment of Demelza, you know, still being upset over the loss of her child, uh, you know, early in the episode. And that's pretty much all mm-hmm. we get on that front because it's really concerned about moving forward on the show. Yeah, I feel like it'll be a lingering issue. Not an issue, but a lingering plot device because I do feel like they're very human about it where she's like, you know, sometimes I just feel like she's still here. That is one thing about the show, though. It is like all, you know, things going forward. They they rarely take much time to, to look back. Like even when, uh you know, the uncle passed away, you know, it's not like they dwelled on that that lo- much, you know, for all that long a time. They just Well, this episode had a nice little shot of Francis staring at his portrait. Yeah. We did get that. Um, so we see, like, you know, things are, are, are getting built up here. D- Dwight agrees to speak and defend uh, Ross, you know, to be, on, be there for his honor. Now, what's what's Dwight's, what's his reputation at this point? He's still got to be... A stranger from out of town. Who, who is a, an adulterer, like a known cheater. Is it that known? I mean, the government was chasing down, what was his name? The guy who murdered his wife. Mark. Mark, yeah. They were chasing him down, and a, a cop or, you know, a, a soldier got killed in this situation. So but I how feel bad like- can those allegations be? Because the one thing I kept thinking about in this episode is, you know, everyone's so wrapped up in pinning, was it uh, Sanson's uh, death on Ross? Uh, and, and mm-hmm. you know, abetting, uh, aiding and abetting uh, people stealing from the, these ships that they completely forget there's actually an actionable crime to put him in jail for, which is helping Mark escape the prior episode. It seems like they've completely forgotten that he did that, mm-hmm. or it, maybe people just weren't that aware of it. There's just not so, enough. So, for, there's no forensics team, right? So I case. don't think it's that well known. Maybe that that Dwight is was hooking around, hooking up around with uh, Karen and stuff. Well, I feel like we see in this episode there's a uh, George finagles that sort of tabloid paper. The uh, well, yeah, we can wh- get through that. Would, so uh, I mean, George calls in uh, Tankard is his name, uh, mm-hmm. some, some attorney uh, for him. He, he's dressed in black, and uh, George, you know, tells his uncle Carrie that he wants to pin murder on on Ross, and this guy's going to help him do it. Yeah, so they call Lady Whistledown, right, to write a. I mean that a special edition of her her tabloid about all about Captain RP. Yeah, so you know, just to jump ahead a little bit, this this tanker character goes around town collecting stories from people about this Ross guy uh, to try and create some false narrative that he's he's a, a bad guy. Um, and we see this mm-hmm. with him approaching uh, Judd uh, and his colleagues with, with with some alcohol to try and get him to tell some stories. <laughs> But that's that's the lawyer, right? That he's responsible for for that paper going around, though. Who do you think is responsible? Yeah, but he's also, for that he's paper? not like a he's not like a, a, a author. He's he's also a lawyer who's going to be going after Ross. Sure, but stand. who do you think came up with that story or who wrote that? Why do you- I think he was doing everything to get people to say things for the court case as well as that, not just um, this tabloid. Oh, okay, I, I I because the tabloid is basically out within. Moments of him potentially successfully giving Judd a bottle of, of liquor. Well, isn't that the idea? You know, like is the timeline goes straight to the printing press and, and 
and it's not necessarily Judd's story. It seemed like they were going around to, to multiple people to try and construct this. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it was... I, I mean, that would be strange for them to just publish this and not have it be because this tankard guy was in town. Like, I don't think George was putting this together on his own. Oh, yeah, but I also feel like tank- tankard is not there for one Well, then who reason. did it, Dave? This and is... who wrote the thing? Well, did you hear... <laughs> He's he's there for two reasons. He's his lawyer, uh, and he's also doing this. His people, are, his paralegals okay. are doing this. Well, I mean, that's still by proxy. I mean, it's pretty much him behind the thing. Yeah, but we see later in the episode when George basically says there's like 20 character witnesses. That's all part of Oh, Tanker's yeah. No, it's one job thing work. that he's he's doing. He's putting together a story. It's this, you know, compiling. Yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Right. But you, you said like he didn't write it, though, which I I, I think he did. I don't think he drew the picture of Ross with Poldark on the cover. I think he. Well, I don't some, think he drew that. Underlings, like or I think that was what's her name. That was uh, not Eloise. It was the the Featherington girl who is who is Whistledown. Who who did it? Yeah, it, it it was that from Bridgerton that that show that we watched. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, though, that is being circulated around to uh, discredit. And, uh, yeah, it, it's the Truro, Truro Inqu- uh, Inquirer uh, that is the fiction about Ross that, you know, uh, Tankard and his team produce. Yeah, and they say things like he's an adulterer mm-hmm. and a cheater and he has the children all over the place. And, you know, some of the things, he's like a ruffian. Like, if you were to just say the facts about Ross, it's definitely damning. Yeah, they don't need to even, like, you know, trump up all the, all the stories or anything. Like, people know he's like a a guy who is not afraid to speak his speak his mind and, and stand in the opposition mm-hmm. of things. Uh, so yeah, this is all going against Ross to discredit him. What is Ross up to in the meantime, though? He's just working. Ross is saying, I just got to get my, I got a mine. Cold. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they need to have that shirtless shot of him just, you know, <laughs> hammering away in the mine. And it seems like the mine is running dry as well. Nothing's coming up as much as he hammers. Yeah, they need to find a new uh, hot spot for the coal. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and he keeps on. He just he's hacking. We're just getting that glory shot of swole super heavyweight Ross. Well, he does best mine. Uh, we see George uh, trying to appeal to Elizabeth. You know, uh, trying to say like, you know, you know, to go against Ross kind of, or trying you know say like the the guy's suspect and. Uh, Elizabeth, it not, Elizabeth just isn't having it, you know. Mm-hmm. So much so that she wants to estat- get a little meeting. Going. Yeah, don't we, don't we owe him some gratitude, you know? Uh, meanwhile, Demelza is trying to, you know, what is it? Elizabeth writes Demelza a letter. Yeah, so Elizabeth wants Demelza and Ross to come over. Mm-hmm. And we have like one of what I feel like, which is a scene we've seen like 18 times on the show. Ross is kind of hoodwinked into being in the same room as George. And George is like, let's talk. And Ross is like, why would I talk to you? And leaves. Yeah, more or less. Um, but Demelza takes the time to talk with her and, and learns that, you know, maybe there is a way to persuade the judge or to get in his favor to help things. Mm-hmm. Who is a, a, a new character. Yeah. And what is his... Uh, well, it's not the judge himself, right? It's a friend dude? of the judge, isn't it? It's a friend of the judge, and that friend's, like, niece? Yep. Or something? Or is what? related to the judge, I think. The niece is. Yeah, with the dog. Horace is the dog. That's the one thing. Yeah. <laughs> a little pug. Well, horses are important. 
Or dogs are important, rather. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, is, uh, Harris, right? Harris Pasco. Was that the name? Um, yeah, I think so. Wish there was like some designation uh, of his character, name of what he represented or did or something. Yeah, it's it's very difficult to break these episodes down without trying to accidentally spoil the future. For and when us. I go on IMDb, um, the character, the person who plays uh, Harris uh, Pasco. Richard Hope. The third image in his IMDb is someone's uh, picture of a Panasonic TV with him on the TV in Poldark. <laughs> so there you go. There's your evidence that he's in this. Oh, and the Ray Pen- Penven, right? Pen- Penvenin? Penvenin is the friend, I thought, too, right? Yeah, I think yeah, it's Ray. Yeah. Ray then, uh... is more of a influence. They look the same. They hire a lot of people who look the same on the show. And then Caroline is the young woman with Horace sure. the dog. I, either way, though, Demelza is trying to get in good uh, with the judge and figure out a way to appeal to him. There's that. Yeah, so basically she said she was taking a walk, mm-hmm. and she had to take a dump, so she went into his house because she didn't want to do it in the woods. More or less, I guess you could say. Sure. <laughs> well, she, She's like, I was feeling unwell. I kind of needed to get out of the sun. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, cool. And they just kind of chit-chat for a minute, and... I think they kind of pick up on what Demel's is up to. Yeah. These these folks. And that's really, you know, it's just a sort of brief scene. We don't really, you know, I'm sure we'll follow up on it later, next episode. Yeah. But we'll see. I have a feeling these new characters are going to be important because Demelza does talk to Elizabeth about this interaction later on in the episode. Yeah. I think uh, was it Ross? He, uh, uh, he shows up uh, and talks to George at one point, and you know offers to help. And yeah, Ross is like no. Yeah, didn't know he just. That's, that's what we just said. That. Yeah, yeah. It happens about five times in this episode. It really does. Like but everyone's it, just trying to tell Ross through this episode. Like, you sure, man? You sure you got this? And Ross is like, I've been through worse. He says that says that a couple times. Like, ah, you know, I, I've seen a lot you know more stacked against me it's like i don't think you get the severity of the situation ross they're really you know george mm-hmm. is putting every pulling out all the stops to get you to go away mm-hmm. uh which also leads me to think like why is george all of a sudden so hard against ross just because he put him down so strongly at the end of the last episode saying like i'm, I'm not worried about you i'm just going to keep doing my own thing it's like he really is i feel like He's got that blind rage, that rich person rage. He's just doing what he wants to do because he can, you know? Yeah, like a spoiled child. Um, he just seems to be coming so hard for Ross for, for little reasons. Just like, just be easy, bro. Like, <laughs> we're all just trying to make our way through this world. Yeah, and I think that's too, um, I know, I, I feel like we're jumping around, but this is such a one one shot of an episode. Like, we're leading up to the trial. Yeah. The trial is not this week. It should, it should be noticed. Um, yeah, Fran- go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like, the one thing, one more thing about uh, uh, unrelated to everything, but Ross in the mine, mining away, he always looks clean. You know, you know how everyone else has got, like, dirt on their faces and everything, but somehow he's just, he's sweaty, but he doesn't have dirt all over his face sometimes. He's like Derek Zoolander. Yeah. He, he's going down with that in the mine. He just, he's just a model down there, <laughs> working away. Anyways, you were saying about someone else? Yeah, so this this episode is a very much a very straightforward episode. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it starts with them preparing for the trial and it ends with them about to go to the trial. Yeah. So 
um, before we even get to town, we see that Francis is starting to really lean heavy on the Ross's side. Right. And, and I think the loss of, of the baby, baby Julia, mm-hmm. has definitely restructured the allegiances in this situation. And Francis is like very upset with Elizabeth for trying to finagle the situation with Charles. And I feel like Francis is really doing his part to try to get Ross to, to do things he, right. He's trying to redeem himself. Yeah, he himself. wants to put their quarrels behind them. Uh, you know, and uh, I think I need, we need to briefly discuss Francis's flat brim hat. What, what about it? I didn't even notice it. Francis has some Amish level hat that he wears in two scenes in this episode. I don't know if he just opened his closet between last episode and this episode and put it on. I think the hat has changed Francis. Hey man, I, I've been there. Like you know, it's just like oh, that's not the best hat, but I just need to grab something to put on my head right now. You know, you just gotta make do with what you got. And then you say, you know what? I should have been nicer to my cousin Ross. <laughs> yeah, it starts changing you uh, a little bit. Um, but you know, Francis is even talking to Demelza. He's like, you know, he wants to watch out for her. He'll he'll put some guineas aside if he can help her. You know, he wants to. Yeah, literally, mm-hmm. he really wants to turn over a new leaf. He even says, uh, to Elizabeth at some point, you know, like, you know, would the would things have been different, you know, if uh, if Ross hadn't come back. The- <laughs> and he's just like bye and and they said what what about what if ross never left that was another right one. that was that was it yeah what if he never left and francis also has the line where he's like looking he's like that used to be my mind but i gambled it which away. still makes no sense to me this mine is just sitting there empty they just wanted to own it and just have no one do anything with it it just seems like a waste of assets i feel like it's a it's uh, a flex it's just a power play from george yeah. right but at the same time that mine was owned by sanson who's dead now so i guess he just the deed gets carried over to George. Uh, I don't know. Well, I feel like Sanson never actually owned it himself, but probably just immediately went. George was probably bankrolling him for all these card games. Yeah, that, that's fair. Um, so we see that Ross has to go to whatever, wherever this trial is taking place. I don't know if they say it outright, but he has to go stay at the hotel and he wants everyone to stay back. Yeah, they do say where, where it is. In, uh, was it Bowden? Is it was where everything's going down? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the one thing I uh, one more thing on the, on the the Truro uh, Enquirer being passed around, like so mm-hmm. they just they they've really got it everywhere. I see we, we, in multiple scenes that news that little piece of newspaper is just on the floor everywhere. Everyone's got a copy. It's just like who the who did they pay? Just it's a smear campaign. They just give a couple guineas to some strangers, like passes out, and then like everyone got a copy. Probably, I mean, they probably did. Just some Man. kids to say go throw it in a. It's like booking a punk Easy show. Easy to spread news you back need then. To just throw it around in, in the, the common area. Yeah. Um, and speaking of that, there's tons of these flyers on the floor or in the ground in this town where Ross is settle, setting up for this trial with uh, old doctor. What's his name? Dr. Dwight. Yeah. And, and the one thing bef- is that before we get there, Ross hooks up with Demelza one more time, though, for old time's sake. One more time. One more I time. I mean, yeah. did you notice in this episode they have, like, some kind of blur effect going on or some kind of, like, filter? Everything looks like it's like, it has, like, a different color tone to it. It's, like, glowing in the scene where it they're It felt different, up. but I, I couldn't put my finger on yeah. it. Yeah. Well, well th- they do it one more time. And then, yeah, we see George is heading to town, or Francis is heading to town. Uh, Dwight's heading to town. Uh, Ross is heading to town. Uh, they're all going there. They're mm-hmm. on their own way there. Um, Dwight had met with Ross one more time to try and work out some kind of story to help him out. He's like, I wasn't there at, at the, the the site of the crash, but you know, 
I could try to speak up for you, but bro, there's not much I can do for you here, man. <laughs> this is this is rough. Mm-hmm. And and we get to ta- um, so then we see that that Demelza does try to sneak in, but she doesn't try to sneak to this trial alone. She gets arrived. Right, she gets picked up, picked up in carriage by Verity. Which is a big old reveal. It's like, oh, she's, yeah, she's, she's still around. She's still doing her thing. Um, Dwight somehow, though, gets entwined with Caroline. Yeah, because of Horace, the dog. They need a doctor. I don't know. I, wait, and they, I, I didn't catch this. Was he literally called to, down, to town for this dog? Or he's, he's there for the trial? No, he's, in, she, he's there for the trial because he's a character witness for Ross. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we need a doctor. We need a doctor. He walks in and is like, can you take care of my dog? It, it just made me wonder, like, what kind of doctor is Dwight? Because it seems like he can address every medical issue that people are facing on this show. He just seems to have some expertise. Well, he's, he does complain. He's like, I'm not a vet. What are you talking about? Yeah, but he's still able to check the dog's pulse and, <laughs> and, and see if it has a mm-hmm. fever. And and Yeah, and then he... He basically says, like, you're just babying this dog. It can walk. Let it walk. Don't carry it. Yeah. Did you, did you catch, some, catch some drift there that Caroline may have been fancying Dwight a little bit? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I can tell. She's fancying everyone. She doesn't know that that he, he kind of caused the murder. Yeah. She does kind of give the eyes to Ross, too. She gives eyes to George, so. I thought. And she gives the eyes to the, the viewers, too. She looks right at the camera <laughs> and says, like, hey, guys. Can you come check out my dog? It's like, hello, miss. It's like I don't I don't know about Horace. I'll do what I can. <laughs> uh, it's funny too because Dwight looks like he's about to give like mouth to mouth to the dog. Like he's kind of feeling it out. Like what should I do with this thing here? Um, and he should give it like cherry water or something. Like yeah, that. yeah. Uh, I, I I'm not familiar with that. So yeah, hey. Uh, it's also uh yeah people are you know out and about because I guess it's election week there, just like it's election week uh, mm-hmm. here. Oh yeah. So yep. Yep. Uh, so everyone's gossiping, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, Francis shows up. There's nowhere to stay in the inn. Uh, Dwight extends the offer. He bumps into him at the, uh, the inn and says, like, oh, you can come stay at my place if you got, you know, time or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Francis is like... And then is that. this how the, the the line is like, oh, yeah, Demel's is in town. Verity brought her. Oh, yeah, yeah. Francis is like, oh, man. And then we get that 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 scene is... is <laughs> I love how Verity's in her hotel room and Francis just, like, knocks on the door and walks in and there's not even, like, a, hey, I miss you. It's like... All right, here we go. I need go. some brandy. Let's go. Give me, give me, you know, some, some of that thimble there. And he says, like, how's it, how's it going being married to like a drunken brute? It's like, geez. All right, Francis. But, but I mean, we're jumping the gun there a little bit because before he leaves the end, he does engage with George because he, because mm-hmm. Francis picks up one of these newspapers and he sees like, oh, what? This is not true at all. None of this about Ross. And then he knows it's George. This is great. This is my favorite. This might have been my favorite moment of the show so far. Tell me. Well, describe it, Dave. What happens? Francis just goes off. He's like, who do you think you are? Like, what kind of grudge is worth Mm -hmm. this? And what is he? He, He's like, you can never buy nobility. Yeah. And, and, And George is like, keep in mind, like, I own you. And George, Francis is like, bring it, man. Yeah. Like, what else do I have to lose? I got nothing left to lose aside from that hat. So don't, don't come for the hat. I mean, I'm surprised Francis just wasn't like, Let, let's duel. You know, the guy's an experienced duel, duelist, so let's do it. Yeah, he said, I almost killed uh, Blamey. I'll do it again. He did. He tried to do it again at the party, wasn't it? <laughs> well, 
We this time, I mean, George is not. No. Too, George is afraid. George is going to send some goon in his right. place. I mean, George is really upset by but this I, too. I he, thought this this was this is an iconic scene. Yeah, I mean, George is is upset. He's like, man, this guy really got to me. He this even appeals to him to go to talk to Ross. Ross, who is pretty much spends the last half of this episode in slow motion walking around. Uh, or in a cell. Right. It's also kind of funny how he has to turn himself into the cell. It's like, man, no wonder why Mark was able to get away so easily and stuff. They really take their time with putting these people behind bars. The law. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, George is like, man, both Francis and Elizabeth went to bat for you. I guess I got to give you, you know, the – you know, opportunity to defend yourself and give you an out. And Ross is like, never. And George is like, why did I bother, bro? <laughs> why did I even think this would go differently? Yeah. I mean, George is like, look, I can make all your problems go away. You just need to like play ball with mm-hmm. me, which is basically saying like, I'm going to just clean you out for your mind after this is all over. Ross is like, nah, dude. Nah. What is he? Uh, yeah. Ross- does he say, thank you for reminding me what can and can't be bought? Yeah. that. That, that's what Ross said, you know. He reminds him of what, you know, is important to him, that he just can't be bought. It's funny because Ross is just going to get out of this, I hope, eventually, and to go back to his mine and keep mining and finding nothing in the rock. <laughs> and he's like, well, it couldn't be bought, but I can't find anything to sell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah things. As we know, the show is about mines mm-hmm. and miners. Yep, this show is absolutely about that. I, I do like how people say in this episode, hey, didn't Ross used to have a good reputation at one point? And it's like... Come on, man. You can't just believe everything you read. Um, but Francis is still ticked off after running into George. And yeah, th- this is when he walks in uh, to Verity and starts drinking. And he's just like, he's just upset. He's he's thinking about things. He's got him reconsidering what he wants to do with his life. Yeah, and he basically says, I disappoint most people. Mm-hmm. He's real. He's getting real, real deep here. Yeah. I mean, before we tie a bow in this episode... Uh, we do see Demelza try to get through to see her husband, and George is even standing in earshot mm-hmm. of this, and she can't get through, and he's just like shaking his head, like I did it again, <laughs> making him unhappy. Uh, so poor Demelza, and Demelza who gets accosted by her father yet again. I, I feel like her father pops up. Oh yeah, who's who's preaching in every the other episode now, and he's always like a heel. And it's like either he was like he got his life together, or he's like disapproving of her or something. Now this time he's like a a, a priest of some sort. Uh, well, he's always been a priest of some okay. sort, but now he's, um, he's further down the line on being like you know religious or something. He's more of like a, a radical street preacher. Yeah, that he's he's, but he's like a wrestling character where he's like, "Come join me, and I'll let you back into the club." And he's always join. He's, yeah, and he's always against Ross. You know, before it was like this guy's a no account person. Now it's just like, oh no, he's he's like ant. He's He's not pure or whatever. It's just, a, it's just like, okay, we get it. You just don't like the dude. It's like, you you read this book about him? Mm-hmm. So, Francis is uh, writing a letter, and uh, he's got himself a gun. Yeah. What's he doing, Dave? You tell me. Let's go. You give me the Francis breakdown at the end. I gave you. I got the beef, the juice on the last one. Well, uh. He's not. He's not doing too too hot. He he starts to uh, oh. <laughs> load the gun after writing this letter, and this is all slow motion. We see him put it, it to his temple, and indeed we see him uh, pull the trigger. And an episode. the episode says to be continued. That's right. Uh, and Amazon does. I'm just gonna say this. Amazon not so great with the image. What the next episode? Oh, is. I didn't see what it is, but. 
don't spoil it for me. Do you care if I tell well, you? Yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. Tell me. Tell me. What, what's the image? It's, it's Francis is in the image well, for the next episode. So that was my takeaway is like, I don't think he's dead yet. I don't think. No, absolutely not. You didn't think for a second he was dead? Or was it when, when the way they show the gun going off? I was like, no, nah, he's not. Dead. The, the thing is, when you say to be continued, it means like, okay, he he can't be he can't be dead yet. Like otherwise, other, otherwise you no. just show us up up front brains everywhere. This guy dead. <laughs> just those Bridgeport Hospital bred brains. Yeah, just everywhere. I mean, he wrote, he wrote a note to Elizabeth. You gotta wonder too. You know, Dwight shows up, and it's just like another person dead that he finds within like three episodes, and it's just like it's like a it's like a horror. Not again! <laughs> I should just leave this town first. Like I gotta get out of here. Yeah, you know, first before they pin Karen on me, now they pin Francis on me. <laughs> um, and they're trying to put uh, Sanson on my buddy. Yeah, I just gotta go. <laughs> this study I'm doing isn't worth it. Dwight just hauls out of there. It, I, I was wondering where's Blamey this episode. You know, Verity's back, but where where is Blamey at? He's at sea. Is he at sea? I mean, he might be catching fish. He got to earn a living. That is true. Someone's got to do that. Um, I think Demelza she has like one more thing to try. I think she says to herself at the end of this episode. So, oh, I think I think next next week is gonna be juicy. This week was juicy, but next week maybe Demelza figures juicy. out a way to like stop time, and, and and then you know, goes and puts the gun down from Francis. What head. a twist. <laughs> Yeah, it goes supernatural all of a sudden. Um, oh, the, the one thing I did like this episode, though, is when they try to get a hold of Judd the first time, like offer him some alcohol, Prudy comes out of nowhere, oh, we, 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 like swipes it away, like, no, come on. <laughs> this happens, I, I meant, I, this this will come into a play as in a bit, mm-hmm. but when they go talk to Prudy, Prudy's first like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Get out of here. I don't want anything to do with you. Yeah. And they go see Judd, and they're like, Hey man, you want to talk to us? And he's like, "Like we got some liquor for you." And Judd's like, "Oh, I'll talk." And, and Pretty like spears him. She's like, "What are you trying to yeah. do? Get out and of here!" Pretty keeps coming into the to aid Ross, which is like pretty awesome considering Ross basically like fired them. Well, for justifiably fired them. I hope they understand by now. Justifiably, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Dave, was this a? But there's there's two sequences where Pretty's basically just like, "Shut up, leave me yeah. alone." Good for them. I wonder where they've been sleeping. The, I think they, I think they implied in the last episode that they're sleeping in Ross's barn. That's not too bad. It looks kind of like. Warm. And like Ross is just like taking a blind eye to it because you know, you know, like he didn't. It was more of a disciplinary action sure. than it was a. It was like a. It was like a suspension more than it was a, a straight up fire. Yeah. So, um, good episode, good season premiere. Oh yeah, yeah. The you know, like I said, I complained at the end of last time we did a Poldark episode two weeks ago or three weeks ago, mm-hmm. that I don't like the sort of hook season finales, but I think a hook season premiere is perfect. Yeah. You want to t- set the table and then say, like, no, 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 the action's not going to happen today. We're just teeing you up I, for I, it. So I think this is what this episode did very I, well. I like the, that the season finale teed this up and that they immediately followed up on it. That's the most way to make it, you know, one of the ways to make it satisfying. Like, just don't leave me yeah, If this was Downton Abbey, it would be, like, months later and Ross would be, like, awaiting his trial and there would be something slowing it down or, or, something. or like you know didn't francis try to kill himself a few months ago we don't even see that that happened <laughs> it's like oh he's had such a rough go yeah although elizabeth and francis's kid seem to be like have had a growth spurt for sure yeah, you know it happens it's been a long day it's been a very long day uh well let's get to the power rankings um dave who do you have going down 
the number three going down. I feel like this is a pretty uh, scarce episode as far as plot sure. lines are concerned. I got Horace. He's spoiled. The dog? And he's need, he needs to walk. He's sick. Okay. And he's being used to help his owner get hook up with a doctor. So, Horace, good luck. All right. Well, number three going down, I got Ross. Things are just not looking up okay. for him at all. And I got Ross at number two. I mean, it's just pretty pretty jury outlook for him. It looks like he's going to go to jail. Would mm-hmm. not shock me if he goes to jail. That's true. I think he's going to jail tonight. Well, who do you got at number two? <laughs> um, <laughs> number two, I got Francis. This guy is at the breaking point where he's going to have a gun to his head. It's not looking good for him. Okay. Well, is Francis your number one? No, I said, well, my number one is George. Oh, my number one is George also like, going down. I feel like George is, um, he's playing, he, he keeps thinking this sort of, he's Teflon as far as he can keep poking the bear whenever he wants. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things that I don't think, he's starting to realize that there's a, a lot more at stake than just this sort of win versus this loss. His his reputation mm-hmm. is tied is, to this. is almost just as bad as Ross's at this point because he's the one who's alienating all these people around him and he's just cruel. Yeah. You know? He's not noble or anything. And uh and as much as he's trying to operate and, and make things yeah happen, I feel like he's just flailing, flailing around and trying to do a lot and it's not resulting in all too much. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I I'm not feeling George being that that powerful uh this week. Uh Okay. Well, who do you got going off, Corey? Was- I, number three, I got the heiress uh, Caroline uh, Penavin. Uh, okay. She's got some some red lipstick on. She's got every. She's got the eyes of a bunch of guys. She's looking for them. Um, I mean, she she's tied to her uncle and guardian, uh, Ray Penavin, Penavin, uh, and you know, they may know a thing or two about you know what's going on with the trial and stuff so like uh the, yeah we're, we're sowing the seeds for her to be a very important right, character she's she's forward. tied to the guy who, who's going to be standing trial for for uh ross so yeah i'm interested to see where she goes okay well, i got prudy at number three because i think those few moments of her showing her true colors go a long way considering how salty she used to be but a she's episodes. like a bat out of the night the way she just arrives on the scene she just flies onto the camera yeah, she just she swoops. Do down. you think that like during the off season of shooting this, she just kind of stayed there and everything, and then when they called action, she just appeared and just was like, "Get out of here, get that bottle." Away Is she like a? If you want to make a wrestling analogy, you always hear like, "Oh yeah, the guy who like hung around outside of Vince McMahon's office for like six hours waiting to have a conversation about his future." Mm-hmm. The actress who played Prudy, you think she like sat outside the writer's office and was like, "Look, I'm really think it's time for you to give me some shine. I've been here long enough. I think so I'm a solo star. I don't need Judd there." And they're like, "All right, all right, Prudy." We're teeing you up for a big run. Let's see how the fans react. Yeah. I think that I think that's what Prudy did. That's what Prudy did. She stayed outside of uh, Winston Graham and Debbie Horsfield's office. <laughs> even after she... Well, Winston Graham wrote the novel. Yeah, even after so reading the dead, book, she I was assume. just like, can you get me in there more? <laughs> uh, number two, I got Demelza. She's uh, trying her best to help Ross out. Um, and I, I, I kind of like how, you know, kind of clever she is with, you know, trying to get on the good side of getting to that judge and stuff and she's getting around she's making the best of you know rebounding so yeah all right well at number two i got i got the the good doctor okay because i feel like he's he's i think he's still got a little bit of a, a bad reputation of his own that 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 has yet to be cleared up but 
I think he's he's proven to be loyal and he's proven to be somebody that's on Ross's side and he's sacrificing quite a bit himself to put himself in harm's way even more as a representative of Ross. Sure. At this trial. So Yeah. I'm, well, number one, I got Dwight. You got the I got doc? the doc, man. He he's I feel like he makes a true connection there with Caroline for a second when he's looking at that dog. And, uh, you know, he's just a good guy going up to bat for Ross. Tell him like it is. Like, this is not looking good for you. He's speaking the truth. He's in a good position to almost, like, take over the show if, if something bad were to happen to Ross. Like, let's, let's just watch <laughs> Dwight as the lead. It just turns into Ennis. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Right, this is the last Looks night. like he has hair combs since last season. I'm all in. Well, if Ross does go to jail, my number one, I think we won't need to change the name of the show because I think Francis came out swinging this week. The man who put a gun to his head. Well, we, I saw the thumbnail. I mean, it doesn't matter if you lived or died. You're you're riding for a guy who put a gun to his head and was con- was trying to take his own life. You're you're like, that's just life. Yeah, I feel like he hit a point this episode where he was like, I've been a bad bad boy, and I need to make up for what I did. And we see he makes a decision that we don't know how it plays sure. out. And that scene with George was the babyface turn of the century. In my the crowd would have gone wild if you watch this in a room of people just like oh, oh no, yeah Francis, i mean that scene was incredible he's, he's fully turned back but also so, directly yes, leads to him then contemplating death <laughs> trying to kill himself yeah you know i don't judge people based on things like I, that okay i mean maybe in other episodes with less likable characters but sure he was born in the same hospital as us he gets the bump yeah all the more power power to kyle, kyle solar as uh francis poldark uh on the show is it poldark is his last name too yeah, he's Francis Poldark. Right, they're all Poldarks. Okay. Well, that is this episode. What if, Dave, what if next episode is actually like, uh, what if we get, get the thing where it's like a fake out, where um, France, we see what happens and everything, but then in like at episode seven of season two, they, they cut back and it's like, oh, actually, Francis has been dead this whole time and we've been faking you out. <laughs> this is what would have happened. Let's do it. If he hadn't killed himself. But he did. It'd be like the end of Roseanne. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it was all a dream from from George Warligan's eyes. Absolutely. All right. Well, that pretty much covers this week. And what else have we got going on, Dave? You watch anything else good on TV? It's been another busy week. Both of us are groomsmen in a wedding this weekend, aye, so there's aye, been a aye. a bit of uh, of busyness on that mm-hmm. end, and. But I, I I went out to the theater. Okay. And I saw I saw the Dune. Yeah, I, I saw that last Thursday as well. What did you think, Dave? I thought it was amazing. I was I was like done. I was just in that seat. Yeah. I was ha- I was happy as I a had plan. a similar reaction where it's like I know this movie's two and a half hours. I could have just kept sitting there like let's just keep rolling. Like well why stop there? It, every, and I know since everyone's like oh part two's coming, I was like okay so this probably isn't gonna tell like I think you said it tells half a story. Yeah. Like every time a sort of plot would resolve, I was like, it could end here and I would probably be okay with it. Yeah. But it could keep going and I would be okay with it too. Yeah. So there were multiple instances in the movie where I was like, oh. Yeah. Okay. It's just, and okay. A, lot of, a lot more action than I thought. I thought it'd be like a lot more plot, plot heavy, but I was actually kind of like underwhelmed by the plot. I thought it was like a little bit basic. It's very, very surface level. I mean, part of it is that this is based on a 1960s book from which every other sci fi has plucked ideas from and kind of like, you know fleshed out so like 
don't know. I was expecting a little bit more than what I got in terms of the plot. Very, very kind of like straightforward, uh, you know, Bulldog's Roman of like, you know, this kid becoming something bigger. But the visuals and like the sound of the, of the movie are just so transporting. It's overwhelming. It, it, it really was like an experience. Oh, yeah. Who is it going? Hi. <laughs> All the deep throat stuff. Use your voice. Ca- ca- that cast is full of like the most handsome men in the world, and the little Timothy Sh- Timothy Chalamet, Chalamet. Well, I mean, he is considered one of the most handsome men in the world. So, but you got you got Momoa, you have Oscar Isaac, you got Javier Bardem. It's just like Hunk City in that movie. Murderers Row, yeah, Josh Brolin, yeah, Batista, Big Dave, <laughs> <laughs> with his entirely white face. Um, yeah, no, what's that? Is it Stellan Skarsgård? Oh, gosh, yeah. But you, you don't think Timothy Chalamet stands up to them? Oh, no, I think they, they kill him. Okay. I mean, there's 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 people out there who, who may disagree, but... I mean, I don't think there's a world where you would disagree that Harvey Abraham would murder Timothy, Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, yeah, I guess not, yeah. <laughs> so... I mean, if you... And, the, and, I, and then I followed that up because it was Halloween night and I wanted to... Get in the spirit, and I watched uh, Halloween Kills. The you, new you didn't like it as much as I did. No, I didn't like it very much at all. I thought it was too too much too violent for you. Too it, it loses its luster at the I at can a understand certain point. That. But isn't it so good when he emerges from that burning house at the beginning of the movie? That that oh, moment yeah, is like so cool. let's go. <laughs> it's all downhill from there, but I, I just love that moment. There's some cool moments. There's oh, some yeah. cool stuff. Yeah. But I hate these movies that try to tack on these mental health subplots where it's like phoned in. I don't know. Yeah. That that just kind of hits me in the and and I love the guy. You know, I love Danny McBride and David Gordon Green and the people who made the movie Jody Hill. So yeah. like those people are like some of my favorite people in in Hollywood. So I was a little bummed that it was so kind of plain. Yeah. So uh, that. What about you? You watch anything? Else? I mean. Oh, was it? There's a new show on Hulu. Um, uh, David Chang has a new show about food on there. Uh, uh, what is it about? It's about the food future of the food industry, and uh, mm-hmm. it's only six episodes. They're a half hour each. What what the the next thing you eat is what it's called, and it, it just kind of tackles okay. how like you know restaurants are struggling to keep up with uh, delivery orders and and have people come in and make business that way. How we're running out of seafood or sea like fish for for seafood and, and sushi. Uh, why do we have to have breakfast in the morning? Well, it's because of marketing telling us that we need to have a bowl of cereal and stuff. We don't actually need that. So uh, it's pretty interesting uh, stuff. But um, yeah, I, I, if, if you like food and the, the whole industry and how it all works, I, I think I, I recommend it. So Yeah, I will. That'll, I, I, I don't know if I'll I have, I'm so backlogged on TV. Mm-hmm. I still haven't even finished The Sopranos yet. Uh, so yeah, I need yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. uh, okay. All right. Well, I think we can wrap it there. Yeah, so like we said early, the 5K link is on our Twitter if you want to jump in. Yep. And otherwise, you know where to find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Lords of Grantham at Gmail. We got their website. Uh, leave us a five-star rating review if you so choose. And we're going to keep this pole dark train rolling to 2.2 next week. Yeah, exciting. Let's go.